0: Welcome to Mosaic Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following recording from Mosaic Church Leeds based in the United Kingdom. For more podcasts and information on Mosaic Church, please visit mosaic-church.org.uk. Thank you for listening. Uh, Great. Thank you, Dan, for that. That was lovely. Um... And I guess as much as it's a chance for Dan to say lovely things about me, it's also a chance for me to say thank you very much to everyone here for having me these last two years and welcoming me into the community and supporting, encouraging, praying for me these last two years. It's been a wonderful two years for me. Um, I was trying to think of, like, I've been reflecting a little bit on it recently as I kind of head on to this new chapter and... um, it's been a year where I've learnt, a couple of years where I've learned an incredible amount about all sorts of different things, about myself, about church, about God, about from the scriptures. It's been a year where I've learnt lots. It's been a, year, a couple of years when I've been blessed massively. I think about, I went to a wedding, the Lewis wedding yesterday, and um, it was great. It was one of the most fun days I've had in a long time, and I was dancing around with lots of people here, um, from Holbeck, from South Gathering, and it was just loads of fun. And when I reflect back, I know that I have been blessed um, it's also been a couple of years when, actually, particularly this last year, when I've been humbled by God. I've been humbled by Him, both as He's shown me how much I need Him and His grace over my life. Like I've seen my mess, I've seen my sin, um, and that's humbling. But it's also a year where I've been stretched and, and pushed, and I've known my limits and probably been pushed beyond them. And in that place, you see your, your need for God and His capacity to sustain me. Um, and it's interesting that like, I've got the passage I have this morning to speak on because it's that, in that place, it's this, these verses are very powerful. In the place of knowing your awareness, uh, your needs for God, your, uh, your, your limits, your limitations and the struggles of what it is to be a Christian. But these verses today um, are like, fantastic for me and have been a pleasure for me to study and I'm really, like, I feel like I'm in them with you this morning. Um, so last week, for those of you who are here, Matt Pearson did a fantastic job of leading us through uh, the first 11 verses of chapter three, and they, like they were amazing verses talking about the Christian life, weren't they? Paul uses really like incredible language to describe how good it is to know Jesus. This is better than anything else in his life. He talks about having righteousness from Jesus through faith in him, like these incredible description of the Christian life. And as Matt was speaking, and as you read it, and if you've ever read it before, I find myself getting really excited and being like, like I get this, and it's amazing. This is the Christian life. That I want, and this is good. And it gets even more exciting when you can relate to it. Because maybe I was sat there last week when Paul says it's better to know Jesus than anything else. Compared to knowing Jesus, everything else is rubbish. I sit there and I'm like, actually, yeah, I know a little bit of Jesus. I know how. Like, utterly incredibly good he is. And so I, I get it. And as we read Paul talking, hear, hear Paul talking in this letter, we get excited with him, don't we? And we kind of follow him in. And it looks like Paul's done a really good job of exciting us for the Christian faith. And he has. Like, we get really motivated with him. We, like, praise God for what he's done in our lives. And so this week, there's a bit of a change. And it's almost a little bit of a surprise when we read it because the tone changes ever so slightly. And there's a little bit of uh, almost like an aside in the letter. Um, he changes his tone from talking about some of the more like amazing realities of what it's like to know Jesus to some of the more uh, nitty-gritty of his life, like the reality of what it is t- to be a Christian and to journey with Jesus in your life. It's not that he's saying the stuff that last week is not true, but he's saying there's more. you need to know. And you imagine Paul, as he's writing his letter, being like, all this stuff about uh, how amazing it is to be a Christian. He's sat there writing right writing, getting like, really into it. And then he stops and he's like, oh, actually, um, I need the guys to know there's something else they need to know as well about the Christian life. There's more to this picture that I just want them to know because Paul's pastoring here. He's guiding and leading the Philippine church, isn't he? And so he wants the best for them. He doesn't want them to be unaware. Um, and that's what we're going to look at this morning. We're going to look at the flow of the letter, why is this section in, why has Paul put it there, what's he saying to the Philippian church and how is he pastoring them, how is he leading them and equipping them in their lives as Christians. And so we're going to read chapter 3, verse 12 to the the first verse of uh, chapter 4. And so if you've got a Bible, please do get it out. The words will be on the screen if you'd like to follow them on the screen and I'll read them to us now. Um, Paul says this, he says, So coming out of the the back of these amazing verses on the Christian life, he says, "'Not that I have already obtained all of this "'or already have arrived at my goal, "'but I press on to take hold of that "'for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. "'Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself "'yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, "'forgetting what's behind and straining towards what is ahead, "'I press on towards the goal to win the prize "'for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus.'" All of us, then, who are mature, should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too, God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we've already attained. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. But as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a savor from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. Um, These are the verses we're looking at this morning, and they are incredible verses I've found for me, and I hope for today. And there are three things I hope we will uh, learn and will happen in us as we look at what Paul's saying here. The first is that we will be encouraged by Paul. Um, The second is that we will be rallied by him, and the third is that we will be motivated by what he shares with us. So we'll crack straight on and get on with our first point. And I I hope today that we are encouraged by Paul, by his uh, vulnerability and his honesty because as I was saying a minute ago, there is, there's a big change isn't there, in the letter. When we split up uh, passages in the Bible into chapters and verses, it's really helpful for us because it means we can look at different bits each week. But we've got to remember that it's a letter that flows. And so Paul has gone here from talking about the highs of the Christian life suddenly to saying he's not already obtained all of this. And he says, I, I don't consider myself to have taken hold of it. And we left sort of like this. this like, what, what's going on there, Paul? What are, you, what are you trying to teach to us? And the if and the this he's talking about is what, he was talking about the verses earlier, knowing Jesus, uh, being able to be like being like him, being changed to be like him, um, and living out the Christian life in its fullness. Um, and there's a couple of things here that he is yeah, sharing with us. Um, he's saying when he's saying he doesn't have them. He's saying, I wonder if you know. Um, often in my life, I find that uh, there's th- lots of things I know about Jesus. I, there's some things I know Jesus is gracious, for example. I, I know that I, I read it and I know it, but often I don't feel it. Um, and so it's very hard when I when I know it uh, in my head, but not my like I don't feel it. It's very hard. To, to live my life as if Jesus is gracious. It takes a lot of energy from me to like, tell myself, no, Jesus is gracious, so uh, I, I cower away if I, in the moment when I don't feel it, if that makes sense often. And so Paul's saying often, maybe sometimes he, he knows the truth, but doesn't feel it, doesn't always feel this amazing way for him. It doesn't always, there's that battle, isn't there, of leading himself in that. And he says very, very, very vulnerably in the second bit, he says, not that I am already perfect, This is Paul, who's an apostle. He was probably one of the the biggest characters in the Bible, like an outstanding man of God. And in the first bit of the verse he said, he said, my life isn't always perfect. I am still a sinner. I have issues and frustrations in my life. And this is a, something that he said earlier on in the letter as well. It's a the theme of Philippians in chapter one, verse six uh, of Philippians. Paul says this to the Philippians. He's, he's talking, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on into into completion until the day of Christ. See, Paul knows that in life, uh, he's saying to the Philippians that there is a good work that begins in us, the the good work of God changing us to be like him, the good work of him sanctifying us, of leading us, but then that work hasn't yet been completed. There's a begun and a complete, and the Philippians, in fact all of us, find ourselves in between those two things. The good work has started, and that's why we can say things like Paul does, that I know Jesus, I know that I have righteousness through him, I uh, I know that he is better than anything else. That's why we can say those things, and Paul can in the verses last week, but then we also have to handle the fact that there's, it's yet to be completed. And so as much as we have this, we have the frustrations of our mess and our sin and confusions in life. And Paul wants the Philippians to realize this. And I wonder uh, like why he wants them to know this. And it reminded me of a few years back. I, um, I moved to Leeds in 2010 to be a student. And um, those of you who've been students before will know that the first week of uni life is called, it's called Freshers' Week. Um, and if you, in that week, you, uh, it's like basically it's a massive party and you have the chance to register for a couple of things and you've got to sign up a couple of things. But basically it's a huge party and everyone's like going out every night, having a great time. And I remember during that time... Um, being very aware that I, like, I felt like everyone else was having the best time of their life. Like, You see it, people are talking all the time, going out every night and chatting about it, like it is the best time of their life. And actually, for me in that week, like, I was quite lonely and quite scared. I was struggling to adjust to living without my mum and my dad. I was struggling to like, be away from my dog and being in this new place and meeting people and just working out my life as a young adult. And I remember this feeling of looking out and being like, oh my goodness, that like, I am the only one struggling here. Everyone else is doing great. And that feeling was horrible. I wonder if you know it as a, as a Christian. And I wonder if that's what Paul is wanting to, to not happen here. He's wanted to discourage that. He's saying, like, Philippians, you've got to know that like, as much as the Christian life is good and it's incredible to know Jesus, and it is, and we can know that, there are also difficulties. And I don't want you to feel like you're the only one struggling because I struggle too. And, and I am in this with you. And so he's vulnerable. He shares them. He gets his life out on the table. And it's a wonderful moment for me as I look and I'm like, this is a wonderful bit of their relationship that Paul is, is leading them and pastoring them by being vulnerable. I wonder if you've ever known this with friends or people in church or in your discipleship triplets. I, I have. I went for a coffee a few weeks ago with a friend of mine who who I look up to. He, for me, is a guy that I, like, I think he, I want to follow him. I want to live my life for Jesus the way that he does, and I'm looking to him, and I was, I was talking and just getting all my mess out on the table, and like, I'm struggling with this, and this is hard, and I feel really bogged down with this, and this, and this, and this, and, and he just kind of stops and said, Ben, you're know, like, me too, like, this, this happened the other week, and, and I did this, and, and it was messy and horrible, and it wasn't good, and, and, I'm, and this, this happened, and I'm in it with you. And, um, and it was hugely encouraging. Not, I wasn't glad that he was struggling with stuff. Like, I want him to be free and live life as God would want him to. I wasn't glad of his mess, but I was so grateful, grateful that he would be vulnerable and share in the grace of God with me and join alongside me in struggling. Because the truth is, we all struggle. And so I was so glad that he'd make himself vulnerable and share with me. And it's the same thing happening with Paul. Paul. It's really important. Paul even goes on to say in verse 15 that uh, it's like a key part of being mature Christians. He says, those of us who are mature, let us think that way. Let Let us be honest about the fact that we are broken people and we have mess and issues. The question isn't whether we are struggling or have issues or confusions or frustrations amongst us, but whether we're talking about them and being honest with each other about them. And so I would say this morning, like if, if you feel like I did in Freshers' Week or uh, about life as a Christian, and you're looking out and you're like, everyone else looks like they're doing great, then please hear that actually from Paul and from me, and I'm sure many other people are in the room, we're saying you're not alone in this. Like We have frustrations and confusions and difficulties, and we want to do this together. We want to share in the grace of God and journey uh, together. And I hope if, uh, if you're visiting today and you're just like, looking in, maybe you've not been to part of us before, I hope you, this is what you see of us, that we are a family of God who like, are honest about our lives, who are open with ourselves and, and know that we're not perfect, but want to share in that together. And finally, I, I'm, I, really, I want to encourage us to live this way with each other. I want to say, why not live lives that are vulnerable w- with each other? Why not, in your discipleship triplets, why not make that really, really brave first step of just being honest and sharing or inviting that from someone else and making that a goal for your relationship where you are being honest about your struggles with each other? I want, like, wonder what that would change if we really, as Ghana, kind of mastered that. And we do already. I know we do uh, share and journey together. Um, but let's press on, make a goal of sharing, encouraging one another with vulnerability and honesty. So that's our first point. I hope we can be encouraged by Paul's vulnerability and honesty about his life as a Christian. Um, our second point, uh, my second point, is that uh, I want us to be rallied by his call to press on and not to give up. Um, so we have this this balance and this tension I was saying earlier that the good work that's begun but not yet can be comp- being completed, and we're in this place of acknowledging that actually there's stuff, there's a, there's a there's something there, isn't there, of a, a journey to go on, um, like life issues that we need to confront. There's sin in our There's difficulties and confusions. confusions that we need to move forward with. And Paul's led us there by acknowledging it. That what does he say to us in that to the Philippians in that place of acknowledging the difficulty? What where does he go with them? It's the question, what does he um, offer to them and encourage them to do? And the answer is really simple, um, really simple. And you can tell it in the way that he speaks. Um, in verse, later on, he says, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. Just saying, do what I do and others who, have, who are doing the same as me, like look to us. And I wonder if you can pick up the thing that he wants them to imitate. Listen as I read verses 12 to 14. He says, not that I've already obtained all of this, already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that, which for Je- uh, that for which Jesus Christ took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Um, and the next side. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Like It's a really simple answer. Um, but Paul, very simply, is saying like, keep going is a key part of the Christian life. Persevere. Is a key part of the Christian life. Hebrews ten. This is not just something that Paul talks about to the Philippians. Elsewhere in the in letter to the Hebrews, uh, we don't. It wasn't Paul who wrote it, but um, he says for you, talking about in struggles, he says for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. Um, talking again about this need, the reality is that life's hard, and so as Christians, we need to have endurance and perseverance to keep going. Charles Spurgeon. Um, said something which I quite liked. he said it was by perseverance that the snail got to the ark <laughs> um, which I thought was brilliant um, because pers- like perseverance I, like for me, when I look to people uh, look to Christians who are slightly older than me who 've been journeying for a long time the the Christian who can persevere and keep going with their faith is someone that I'm, I really want to follow you because it's the hallmark of a mature disciple. It's the hallmark of someone who is, is strong in Jesus. I, it's not, uh, it's not the, the, the kind of noise they make, but it's the whether they can just keep on going, being faithful, receiving grace from Jesus time and time again and keeping on going with him. I want to, there's a picture here of me and my family, um, and that, so there's me in the bottom right, this is quite a long time ago, um, and my grandparents in the middle, my, uh, my parents side of the family, and then you can see at the back the lady in the purple top and the guy in the blue shirt at the back in between my two sisters, that's my mum and dad. Um, and I, I love my mum and dad, and I'm growing to appreciate them more and more as I go on through my life. These, they're Christians, they love God and are saved, and I um, look to them in this. I look to them in the fact that they keep on going. They keep on putting Jesus first. And my parents would be the first to tell you that they are not perfect at all. In fact, often they probably would say that they feel like they're struggling with their faith. They often feel like there's just too much on their plate and they can't keep going. But one thing that you just can't argue with is my parents have been going as Christians for... Like Many, many years. For my dad, it's 35 years. For my mum, 40 or so. They've kept going through struggles, uh, particularly in the last few years. They've faced incredible challenges, but they've just kept going. And so I want to lift up my parents and just say they're great. And there are many amongst us who I know do the same. And I want to say, like, you guys, like you're doing so well by just, just keeping going. I want to kind of praise that in amongst us, that there are some amongst us who are just keeping going. Jesus um, talks earlier, doesn't he, uh, talks in the Gospel of Mark. He tells a story, a parable of a sower, and the seeds are scattered, they're sown, and uh, the kind of parable is how each of them fares, how each seed gets on in the soil that they find themselves in. There's one that finds itself on a rocky path, there's one of the birds and thorns, and there's one seed that faces a sun, and Jesus says the seed is scorched by the sun, and so it, it doesn't bear fruit. And the final seed is put in good soil and does thrive. And I wonder, as I read that parable, I was like, there's a difference there. Not necessarily in the soil, but in the seed. One that could endure the sun and the scorching and one that couldn't. And so for us as Christians... um, Let's keep going. I want us to be rallied by Paul's uh, call to persevere, to just put the next step forward, even though it's difficult and it's confusing and we haven't got it all together, but just to say, I'm going to put the next step forward, next step forward. Our final point this morning, um, Paul has acknowledged to the Philippian church, he's acknowledged that life's not always easy. He has then called them to press on in spite of it. but that again leaves us with another question, which is our, brings us to our final point today: of like, how do we do that? I wonder. I used to do. I used to uh, do some hiking, like long-distance hiking, and uh, carry a backpack over really rocky terrain, trying do long distances, long hours in the day, and you're kind of racing as you did it against other teams. And you'd, there'd come a point in the day for, for everyone where you were like dead on your feet and you had nothing left in the tank. And I remember those. I, me and my friend kind of captained our team, we led our team, and we, we kind of had to learn how to lead people well. And initially what we'd say is just like, get up and keep going. When people were struggling, we'd be like, come on, we, we've got to go. Just get up and walk. But like of course when you do that you just totally you're just doing like no good at all because the person there has a need. And just telling them to get up and move doesn't help. You need to give them something. So we eventually learn maybe it's good for us to stop once in a while and look after each other, maybe have something to eat, eat together, like just chat for a bit, like stop and look after that person. Give them something that will enable them to carry on rather than just telling them to do it. And so For Paul, what's he done here? He's told us to press on. What does he offer us to help us keep going? Because we don't want him to just tell us to keep going on empty. What does he give us to do it? And the way he offers it is by painting a picture of two different people in the last two verses. And I wonder if you can remember what they said. The first uh, picture uh, that he paints of a person is of uh, enemies of Christ, is the phrase he uses. He uses lots of strong and obscure language. He says this, he says, For many, of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with mindset on earthly things. And so Paul here, the, the first of the two people he paints, is a picture of someone who lives without their mindset on things of heaven. It finishes by saying earthy things, someone who is an enemy of the cross of Christ, and that God is their belly, and they glory in their shame. And as I read this, the, the kind of things that come in my mind is someone whose attention is on the things that are just in front of them. So that God is their belly is quite a funny phrase when you like, read it, but it's like someone whose appetites and desires and the things that are immediate to them dictate how they live. They're their God. They, they rule and lead them. And Paul's saying when we live like this, ultimately the end is destruction. It's, it's not good. It's, it's not where we want to go. And he's grieved as he says it. We read, he tells them even with tears. Like he cries and he longs for these people to know, to know different. The second person, the picture he paints for us, it comes to the next uh, two verses where he so talks about enemies of the cross of Christ who have their minds set on earthly things. But he says that our citizenship is in heaven. And from it we await a saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him to even to subject all things to himself. Um, Paul is speaking to a Philippian church, a group of Christians, and he says... Like the first group of people will have their mindset on earthly things, on the things that are in front of them, but we are different as Christians. If you're a Christian here today, your perspective is different. You can see there's a, there's a, there's a road out ahead of you that is different because you have trusted in Jesus. And He says, Our citizenship is in heaven. And this is this is the key of it. There's lots that would differentiate those two people that Paul's talking about, but the key at the heart the heart uh, of it is that the, their perspective, what they're looking to, what they see ahead of them, and it determines how they live. And Paul's offering to them these things. He's offering citizenship in heaven, like who, like as a as a goal to keep them going. When the person is down on the journey, he's offering citizenship in heaven as a goal. He's often, like telling us that we have a savior, Lord Jesus Christ, who will meet face to face. And he's saying, "Look, like you're down and tired, but like look over there. There's Jesus ahead. You just need to keep going, and he's there. Like he's there. And he offers the promise that the work that's begun will be completed. Jesus will complete it by the power that enables him to subject all things to himself. He will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glory body, glorious body. He's saying the struggle is there. It's real." Uh, but I'm calling you to press on because look ahead, look at your citizenship in heaven, look at Jesus, look at what He will do for you. And for us today, I, I hope that that's what we can do. We can hear Paul and be encouraged by his like, real, amazing vulnerability, and we can be like acknowledge where we're at and acknowledge yes, all the good things and praise God for the good things in life, but also bring to Him the struggles and be honest about them with each other and with God. We can hear Paul's rally cry to us to just keep going, to not give up, to stick with it, and to stay on the road. But we can also like enjoy everything that Paul puts in front of us. We can enjoy everything that he lays out for us as Christians, all that Jesus has won for us, and say, like, "Look at this, this is our motivation. this is what will keep you going. This is what will give you strength to endure." I, wonder, I was reflecting on this and thinking about what, like, what this looks like for us, and I remembered in Hebrews 12, there's an incredible verse which a few years ago I read, and it just like, knocked me for six. Um, it talks about, let's fix our eyes on Jesus, who, uh, who for the joy set before him endured the cross and scorned its shame. And so Jesus went through, like, one, like, in terms of life journeys, Jesus had one of the hardest, um, the hardest, like he did Oh, really difficult stuff. He went. He died for us. And I, and as I read it, I was kind of mulling on it, and I was like, "What's that phrase mean? For the joy set before him, he endured." Like, what, what's going on there? And kind of, like, maybe I thought, "Oh, is it the joy of him being the most glorious? Like, and him being, and yes, he is the most glorious, and he's there, and that's good." But I like, just didn't seem to capture the heart of the Jesus that I knew. And there was a moment that clicked in me, and I realised that the joy set before him wasn't anything for himself. It was his union with us. It was his bride. And so as Jesus was looking to his life journey, as Jesus was looking ahead at what God had called him to, he put his, like, his union with us first and was like, that's what I want, and so that's where I'm, that's where I'm going, and that's what will give me the motivation to endure it's incredible that we get to do the same for Jesus and say, Jesus, this is like the Christian life's hard, but I know that at the end of it, I will be totally united with you in heaven for eternity. And so that's the joy that's set before me. And for that, I'll endure anything. I'll keep going. For that, I'll endure any shame. I'll endure any cross that you want me to carry for you, Jesus, because you are my joy and you're the one that I want. And so I wonder this morning, we're going to um, stand and sing in a few moments, um, that's where I'd love us to go, acknowledging together and sharing in the grace of God together our struggles and our difficulties, but then also looking to Jesus as we hope to press on and to look to him as we look to like, continue this journey together as a family. Um, Paul finishes his final verse. He says, "Therefore, uh, Let me read it. I've not got it on the screen, so I'll get it out. He says, therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. And uh, like, if, if anything from this morning, I want to echo Paul's words to you. Like, therefore, my brothers and sisters, who am I long and lo- uh, love and long for, like, stand firm. Let's keep going. Let's press on. And as we do that, let's look to Jesus, because that's the only way we're going to be able to do it. Um, so I wonder, can you stand and the band will come back up and I'd love to pray for us as we do this. Um, Lord Jesus, we thank you that um, thank you that we can know you and have a righteousness through faith, um, and we have a hope in you, and um, we thank you so much for that. And Lord, as we come to you this morning, we want to thank you, but we also want to bring to you um, our lives, and all the joys that come through knowing you, we also want to bring to you like, the, like, the difficulty of the journey, the, the, the miles we're walking, and the, like, the toll it's taking on us, and we want to say, Jesus, we want to keep going, but please, will you equip us to do it? Will you, like, will you make yourself, put yourself first in our life? You show us how good you are this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that um, you'd help us to eagerly await you in the way that Paul talks about. Help us to know how good you are and to cherish you this morning so that we may have strength to keep going. Amen.